Recovery Podcast, Recovery Hope Shot. Um, I am here today. My name is Akeem, and I am in recovery. I am here today with my friend Jackie D, and we're going to talk some recovery. How are you today? I'm good, Akeem. Thank you for asking. How about yourself? Um, it is New Year's Eve, so um, <laughs> it, it is good. It's a good day, and it's a good day to be recovering. You know, two years ago, I was thinking about this the other day. Two years ago, I was in jail, mm. sitting in jail, and I had no money, had no job, had no prospects, yep. and nobody I knew wanted to talk to me. Right. So um, <laughs> it was, I was very scared for my future. I can definitely understand that. I was arrested um, New Year's Eve day. Mm. Um, I I was arrested at like 2 o'clock in the morning. So mm. I spent my New Year's day in a jail cell. And this is the first time I was ever in jail before. Mm. And it was some, it was scary. You know, I was detoxing. When was last year? Uh, this was the beginning of this year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 2021. Yeah. This is how I started my year off. <laughs> so I'm actually pretty grateful and I'm excited to see what this new year brings. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's a, it's a good thing because by the grace of God, <clears throat> new year's, um, uh, the new year's on the second, I'll be celebrating a year. Yeah. That's what you said. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited, excited about, that. about that. Yeah. I've never been able to string together more than like 30 days, 60 days. I was kind of like a white chip wonder, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would uh, get a couple of days together and then celebrate the fact that I got a couple of days without using and, um, and I would celebrate with using, which doesn't make much sense. But... No, it, it makes perfect sense. When you're when you are an addict, uh, like I am, and I'm sure as you are, mm-hmm. um, everything is a reason to get high. Yep. There's yeah. like new like I, I have a friend of mine, he passed away last year mm. from the disease. But I remember um well this year had been early this year, in like February. But I remember texting him last December and being like, you know, Billy, uh, I hope you have a safe and happy New Year's. And he goes, man, you got to remember something. New Year's is for for amateurs. We're professionals. (laughs) Listen, if if you're looking for an excuse, you don't got to use New Year's. You got to just whatever. Waking up is good Every day. And and that's it. And like you said about being a white chip wonder, for anybody out there who doesn't know what a white chip wonder is, that's a person who comes in and out the rooms and is constantly, but doesn't do anything about their problem. Yeah, a surface going. And then they go and they come back and they go and they come back. And that's not a judgment thing. No. Because we're happy that you come. Right. Because eventually the miracle will happen for you. Yeah. But, and that you're still alive. You're right. I and know. That's a big thing. Yeah. Like, right. I, I always talk about these things that we do kill us. Right. And I was, I was thinking, like, I was like, cause you know, like there's always those nevers. I'm never going to do this. I'm never mm-hmm. going to do that. And then at some point you end up doing your nevers, mm-hmm. you know? And one of the things is I would never go to a meeting. Who goes to meetings high? <laughs> you know? That's ridiculous. I would never disrespect the program like that and I until I did. Yeah. You know? And um there's so many I would never steal from my family. I would never hit these certain lows that goes against my moral code. And it's like you can have a moral code all you want, but at the end of the day, you're gonna do whatever it takes to get what you want. 
you know um when that animal is calling you no i have done so many things that i'm not proud of yeah and things i haven't done is just because i didn't do them yet right i know yeah. and that's i i heard that saying um when i was in treatment a couple of times is it's, uh you haven't done it yet just because you haven't I sold your body yeah. yet you it haven't stolen hasn't... from your grandma yet I, you know. I, I thank God I've done every single sober body. Right? But uh, Me too. <laughs> but, but you know. That does not mean that the day wouldn't have come mm-hmm. where it was that hard for me to get what I needed. Yeah. And I always tell people, like, um, you know, I know that you and I both have opiate issues. Yeah. And um, there, there are differences in drugs, but the core issue is the same. Right. But I know, like you said, you were in jail and mm-hmm. you were sick. Yeah, and I think the last six or seven times I got clean, right? Um, I only I, I never could get like a like three day. I couldn't drink three days. Yeah, unless they locked me up, right? And then when you get locked up, it's a different mindset yep. because when you're there, you're just like I ain't, I ain't gonna get it, and right. you can figure it out. Yeah, but if I'm on the streets. Yep. I know I can do something. Yeah. I can rob somebody. I can yep. pull some sort of finagle. Mm-hmm. I can do something yeah. to get what I need. Yep. Or I can figure out how to rob Peter to pay Paul. I can do mm-hmm. something yep. to get off sick yep. if I work hard enough. So it drives you crazy. And like I wake up every day thankful that I don't have to do that anymore. I know. Because like I woke up so many days sick, yep, and so many days where I was just like, "How am I going to get together ten dollars?" Right. And even if I get the ten dollars, are they going to come out for the ten dollars? Right. Am yeah. I going to get somebody to take ten dollars? Right. Because I got to figure out how I can get fifty dollars or forty dollars yep. for you to get out your house and come mm-hmm. do whatever. And it is so much work getting high. Mm-hmm. And like I was talking, I went over to Daystar the other day and um, I spoke to them, you know, because I, I just got a year and a half. Um, I haven't been back to that house in a year right. since I left. And they asked me to come over and speak. So I spoke to the guys and I said, listen, I worked really hard at getting high. Yeah. And it was 24-7 and it was constant. Yeah. And literally, recovery asks you to put in three or four hours a week and then put in like three or four hours of maybe study or talking to your sponsor or whatever it is, and maybe eight hours a week that you should do for your recovery. Right. And that pales in comparison to the, I don't know how many hours is in the week. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do the math right now. Right. But how many hours are in the week? Was it 172, 144, whatever. Right. 144 and then 24. Anyway. Quite a few. <laughs> yeah, you're putting 20, yeah, you're putting 24 hours a day yeah. to get high. I'm sorry, I got lost into no, my okay. math. <laughs> um, but I put in so much work and I got no reward for it. No. You I just got, got, you got locked up. Mm-hmm. You ended up in, in treatment centers. You ended up, you know, and it's just like... You know how I've lost so many friends, mm-hmm. like people, like they literally give their entire waking lives and then just their life in general, they give to drugs, yeah. you know, and um, there's so many, there's so many opportunities out there now 
for people who are in recovery. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It, it really pays off. There's so many like uh, grants and, mm-hmm. and, and, and just, everything out there that can help you you know there's drug and alcohol counseling there's individual counseling helps um obviously 12 steps you know any kind of fellowship you know it doesn't matter what it is it's you know and uh i know some people like the biggest problem with them is they're uh you know giving giving it up to their higher power you know i know god is a big big issue for some people Mm -hmm. but i mean the way I look at it is you gave yourself to the devil every day. Mm -hmm. You put your trust in Satan. Yeah. So why not? You know what I mean? If it saves your life, if it gives you a a fragment of a better life, Mm -hmm. why not put your trust in a higher power? See, you know, it's funny that you say that because I, I have a weird conception. Like my, my higher power sort of just, you know, I grew up in a very religious background, so, you know, I lost that religion when I was about 16, and mm-hmm. I'm 42 now, so it's been a while. <laughs> so, but um, my conception of a higher power is I just give it to the universe right. and, let, and let that work it out. I don't yeah. do all the dogma and that sort of thing, and like, okay, I'm sorry. My buddy Billy, he really said a lot of great things, but he said, you know, here's the thing. They tell you to pray. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he said his first sponsor, and he tells his sponsor, I don't believe in God. Da, da, da. He said, you know, here's the thing. If you go stand up on top of a, a building and you jump off, you may not believe in gravity, but you're still going to hit the ground. Absolutely. And God doesn't care if you believe in him. No. It doesn't matter. Just mm-hmm. go through go through the effort. You will yep. feel better. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. That's how I feel. It's like I go through the effort. Even if it doesn't go anywhere, I still feel better. Absolutely. So I'm the God thing. People just get so hung up on it, but I usually think that those are people who are looking for an out anyway, uh-huh. who don't want to commit, and that's okay. People don't want to commit. Yeah. People don't want to be a part of it. People don't want to do this, and it's not for me to tell you that you should. Right. But there are so many people in different ways that people will help you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to commit to that, fine. Right. But just give yourself a chance. Be willing to do some stuff. Right. Yeah. See, um, this is, it really is a wonderful program. And before we get off that God subject, Mm -hmm. I wanted to say, I I had this beautiful, almost conversation. It was like a a one by one people. I'm I'm not going to say anybody's names because of anonymity and everything, but we were going, uh, that, that was the topic. It was, uh, God. Mm -hmm. And, um, a lot of people's concept of God is Mother Nature, mm-hmm. it, it, so to speak. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that that was me. I live. I lived in a rural area. Yeah, a real rural. That's area. what you said. The, the mountains were prominent, mm-hmm. and that's where I would go to escape. Yeah. You know, that's where I would go to pray. That was my church. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know around around this like Christmas of last year, like a little right after Christmas, right before New Year's, I, uh, you know, I was doing one drug and it led me into a psychosis, Yeah, you know? And um, so I used to run 
from people that weren't chasing me all the time. Mm-hmm. And that was one place I would run is the, is the mountains. And then I would get so tired. I would just stop and just sit there. And, and that was my only sense of serenity and peace. And, you know, from the chaos, like I started to hate people towards mm-hmm. the end because I felt like everybody looked at me some sort of way. Yeah. But in all reality, it was the way that I viewed me that yeah. gave other people a reason to view me that way, yeah. you know? Um, and with this program, this program does beautiful things. Um, you know, I recently left the halfway house that I yeah. was in, you That's know, just because of some differences. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was able to call somebody the night that I was leaving while I was packing my stuff and say, Hey, can you give me a place to stay for a couple of days? And then I was able to find a more secure place to stay for more of a long-term period until I can actually get myself either a place or get back into another program or, or something. Mm -hmm. And, And that's just beautiful because, you know, my family wouldn't even take me in, not even now with almost a year clean. And these people who barely know me, who just see me in the rooms and working here, you know, doing volunteer work and everything like that, they they see the effort that I'm putting in and and how how much time I'm giving, you know, and uh, I'm being rewarded. Like, um, if you do good things, if you just do that next right thing. Mm-hmm good things will come in return, you know? And if you put good out into the universe, good is going to come back to you, you know? And it might not be good all the time because, you know, it it was definitely hurting my mental health. Like I'm going, you know, because of what happened, I'm living out of trash bags again, you know? And that's not sober, right? Right, sober. Yeah, so that was that was kind of like a mind fuck, and I, I went to a fellowship last night, and I, uh, I was crying. I was crying because it's just like, just because you get clean doesn't mean all your problems go away. True, you know, it's not gonna be puppies and kitties and rainbows and butterflies. I wish it was. That would be nice. Yeah. You know, I'd like to have a unicorn. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's a real unicorn, not any sort of other type of unicorn right. that people know out there. Yeah, at least I would uh, not have to ride public transportation then. Yeah, nice. <laughs> he he could get me back and forth to work, or she. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, see, that's the thing is, I I and, and just like little things, I I never knew how to ride a bus. You know what I mean? And now I know how to ride a bus. I carry a ride guide in my bag. Do um, you? I have uh, the the transportation center's phone number programmed in my phone. Do you have the app? I the app is super confusing to me. Come on. Yeah. I'll I show you the app. I don't understand it, That's but so I keep a ride guide. I have their number programmed in my phone. Don't tell me you're buying and you're buying tickets. No, I was getting ones for free, one ride for free. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then my, this one this one girl from the program, she gave me one that had like six or seven bus rides left it was 11 ride pass and you know but um the one place that i go for for drug and alcohol counseling and and uh 
you know, I was I uh, get like shots, you know, like the monthly injection yeah. kind of thing. With the Vivitrol. Uh, I'm actually on the Sublocade. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is like a newer form of, you know, opiate yeah, yeah. treatment. You know, it's almost like Suboxone or Subutex. Or, but it's just, it takes away the, um, you don't have to take something every day yeah, yeah. to make sure you're unsick. Yeah. You know, so, and it also takes away the idea that you could, oh, hey, maybe make a couple of bucks off of this. No, listen, yeah, listen, yeah. I, I know, I, I know, I know yeah. the Suboxone game very well. Mm-hmm. I know it very well. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking. Um, I didn't think that I was going from jail to rehab, because like I, like I explained to you earlier, you know, I was in jail for a month and a half, because yeah. I got picked up. Um, on something stupid, for you know, um, as always, right? Yeah, and um, it's never the big stuff. No, no, it's never the big stuff that no. I've done. It's always, I would just drop. Like I remember, I got picked up one time, and like if I had left like five minutes later, like because my tag, my tag was expired, and the stadies, I was driving down the road, and the sta- and I was about to get off the exit, and the stadie pulled up right beside me. And then, mm. as I'm getting off the exit, he slowed down, and I saw him backing up, and I was like, no. and I knew I had a warrant. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, there's Going that. To jail today. Yeah. There's that. Yeah, y'all and I, you know, I was, I, I was using other drugs at the time, but like I just got, I got picked up for some pot, and yeah. I was on probation, and, um. You know, so then I was in jail, like I said, I was in jail for a month and a half, and then I got to go to rehab, had a partial completion from the program, and my PO decided, hey, you're going to go back to jail. He picked me up the day before I was supposed to leave to come to the halfway house, Um, and then I went back to jail for another four months, went back to the same rehab, but I didn't think I was going from jail to rehab the second time. I thought I was just going to sit my time out. Yeah. You know, um, which I very well could have, but I wanted to put some work into my recovery. See, that's you that's know? the thing. People understand, like, sometimes you can just sit your time out. Yeah. And when you make a choice to live and to do something different. Yeah. Like, I could have, my last did i could have stayed there and said fuck all this shit i didn't right. i don't i didn't have to do rehab no. i didn't have to do like the six months of treatment that i no. inpatient treatment right. i didn't have to do any of it but like i had at least some clarity of mind mm-hmm. at the end of the four and a half months that i did yeah. that i wanted to try something different right yeah and i needed i knew i needed help right as a thing because yeah. i wasn't going to do it yeah you know and until you get some some people who actually care about you. Right. And see, that's the thing is, um, the whole reason, like halfway houses are good. They're mm-hmm. a good place. They are. But it's got to be the right program for you. Yes. You know what I mean? Because you can't just have the same program for everybody because everybody doesn't recover the same. No. You know, everybody's different. And, um, you know, I probably would have stayed in that program because it, it wasn't a bad program. Um, it's just, I felt personally that I was being like mentally abused, you Mm -hmm. know, and it, it, like 
It's just I didn't get along well. Not all the girls liked me so much, you know, and that's okay. I'm not I'm not living for other people to like me. As long as I like me at the end of the night, I'm cool with my higher power, you know what I mean? And and, and somebody cares, you know, somebody likes me. Um But that's the thing is is what, what put me over the edge is the director of the program tried to tell me that I wasn't serious about my recovery mm-hmm. and I literally eat sleep breathe in every waking moment I'm doing something for my recovery you know um I I have been burning myself out I've been going to work and then coming here afterwards you know and putting in some volunteer work I didn't stop volunteering just because I started working and it was really really like getting to me and um you know and then when i'm not here like when i'm when i'm here and and there's a fellowship i attend it you know i i try to attend uh a 12-step fellowship meeting every night you know um whichever one it may be but that's the thing is i that that was the straw that broke the camel's back is you know, you're taking some, like her, her taking someone else's word over mine. And not that I'm, I am in any place to judge anybody, but I'm not because I'm not, but this person, she doesn't do any work for her recovery. You know what I mean? She barely shows up to house meetings and, and just, and that, that part doesn't matter, but it was just the fact of is I'm doing a lot of work and you're not recognizing it. And if you think that I am in a bad place now, you should have seen my attitude a year ago, you know, like, and that was just the fact that my progress was being, t- it was, I, the, she, she told me that I wasn't progressing, I was regressing mm-hmm. and that's not good. You know what I mean? I've dealt with a lot of like mental abuse my whole life, you know? Um, And then I start questioning myself, like, am I doing enough? Should I be doing more? And then I'm thinking like, what can I do more? And, and it's just, you know, I had the same thing. Somebody, somebody had shared too about, you know, they, they, they'd been doing service and, and somebody had told them that, you know, they're not serious about their recovery. And, you know, it made them think the same thing. And like, like at that very moment, like, this is why I love these rooms because I know I'm not alone. Every time I have a problem in my life, I I go, I go to a meeting and somebody shares Mm -hmm. what's right here. What's in my head. Yeah, and they tell me, and then I just, I feel like I'm not alone. Like, and that's why I love it. I love it so much. It's amazing, like you said. Um, And then you get to my story, and you go, oh, you're so put together. And then what? Like, you're you're me. You're Mm -hmm. me. Like, the other night, um, somebody shared her story, and I was like, oh, okay, we are exactly the same person. And it's amazing to know how universal the internal, because it's always internal Mm -hmm. stuff. Like the drugs are, like they say the drugs are a symptom, but they are really a symptom. It's all about how I'm feeling about me inside. Mm 
-hmm. and what's going on with me and can I deal with it? And I used to deal with it in drugs and alcohol. And in the end, it didn't work. Yeah. And it got me in places where I didn't want to be. And in the, like, I always tell people, you know, every run ends. Yeah. No matter what happens, every run ends. Yeah. It ends in one way or another, but mm-hmm. it's going to end. Either you're not going to have enough money, you're going to end up locked up, you're going to end up dead. Something's going to happen where it's going to run. How do you deal with that? And do you go back on the run after that? And mm-hmm. I choose today not to go back on the run. Yeah, and I was, I was, I was stating, uh, I was talking on the phone, and this is, this is such a blessing to me because, you know, um, uh, with what I'm going through and how much stress I'm under, and I'm just, you know, uh, everything just seems like a lot right now. Mm-hmm. And I have freedom now. Mm-hmm. I am not held accountable to anybody. Yeah, I am out on my own. I don't take any piss tests, you yeah. know, except for when I go once a month to get my injection, um, which isn't for another month or so. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like I have no ties to anybody and I don't feel like getting high or drunk or anything. You know, I was like, this is beautiful. I never thought I would be at this place in my life to where I'm living out of trash bags and and almost living that attic lifestyle all over again. You know, being, you know, leaving one place in in a hurry and, and, you know, packing my stuff in less than an hour in trash bags and moving it to somebody's car to have to move it to somebody else's car. I was literally going through my clothing in the parking lot yesterday and I was so ashamed, but I still am more, yeah. You know, yeah. I when I left when I left Daystar, they were like, it was like, okay, well, you're not going to follow the rule, um, so you got to find a place to go. Yep. And I had, I think, I had like a hundred and fifty bucks that a buddy of mine had lent me, and he said, just give it back to me. It's right before Christmas, so it's just it's a bad time. Yeah. And he lent me like a hundred fifty bucks, uh, Maddie C. If you're listening, um, hmm. and I came over here and I went to the recovery house and I remember, cause I've got, like you said, I've got, I don't have all my stuff cause I left some of the stuff at, at Daystar and I believe they've thrown it away cause I never went back for it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I know they threw it away. Um, but like I grabbed everything I could and I hopped on a bus. And I came over here. I, I'd never even been to Lemoyne. I'd never been here. Mm. And I didn't know where the recovery house is. And the guy who, run, who was running it then, Larry, was like, where are you at? He just kept calling me. Where are you at? I'm like, I'm on my way. You know, like, so it's all trepidation. And I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm going to do. And literally, like, he's taking 135 bucks from me. Mm. So I've got, like, $15 left right. to get the next two weeks in before I get paid. Right. So um, I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to, how I'm going to eat. I mean, I can walk to work, so that was great. But like how I'm going to survive these next couple of weeks, you know, and my daughter's birthday is right before Christmas too. So I don't mm-hmm. really have any money for anything. Mm-hmm. And I remember I talked to my sponsor at the time. He said, listen, in two months, none of this will matter. None of this, this will be all over. 
and none of this will matter. And I remember thinking that day and calling him two months later and being like, you were so right. None of this mattered. And the guy who took the guy who took my rent, he lent me like 60 bucks that day. Mm. He was like, I'll put this in. He's like, when you get paid, just give me the 60 bucks back. Mm. Which was amazing because he had right. just met me. Right. I was, yeah. like, I was like, wow, I appreciate that. But you know, here's the thing. He put his faith in me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know me from Adam. Yep. He doesn't know if I'm going to just go take his money and go get high. Right. But in those moments, even though I didn't know where I was going, I didn't know how I was going to live, anything, I knew that I was going to go get high. Yep. Yeah. And everything after that, for me, is a blessing. Absolutely. Because I'm still here. I'm still sober. And... I can deal with everything, but if I start getting high, it's everything it goes to the wind because I'm going to go balls to the wall and I'm going to end up somewhere I don't want to be and I'm going to have to start back over. Except now I got the knowledge to know I shouldn't have fucking started again anyway. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. Like once I've gotten a couple phone calls where people have relapsed and it's not, I never. It's never like a judgment, like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. I understand it because I've fucking done my thing and, you know, going off the rails. But it's a panic because, you know, it's not even the fact that you use because you probably didn't enjoy it anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you really fucked up yep. because, you know, once you start, you don't know where that train's going to end. Nope. And, you know, through the grace of God, I don't have to do that. Yep. And if I don't got to start again, it'll be okay. And that is, that's the real, like, the freedom, you know, both, both of the major fellowships say, you know, all we really offer is the freedom from active addiction or active alcoholism. That's all it offers. But that is everything to somebody who's an addict like me, because that was all consuming for me. Mm-hmm. And when I got high, I was getting high. Yep. Didn't care about anything else. And you know, people talk about the first step being like realizing that you're an addict. That's not it. No. The first step, yes, you should realize you're an right. addict. Of course. Yeah. But like realizing that if I don't use, I have some control. But as soon as I use, that's the crux of it. Mm-hmm. As soon as I use, I have no control over anything. Nope. Because in the end, I will chase that to the end. Mm-hmm. Unless something gets in the way of stopping me. And my life has only has taught me that. Unless something gets in my way, I will chase that to wherever I need to chase it in order to do whatever I got to do to keep getting high. And as long as I keep that in mind, everything else I can deal with, I can deal with other shit. And addicts are really good in crisis because a lot of our lives are spent in crisis Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out some shit. Like trying to think through some shit, trying to manipulate this person or do this or whatever because that is what addict life is. But, like, the fact that I don't have to remember this and remember all that and figure this out and trying to deal, I ain't got to do any of that shit today. It is it is a lot off my mind mm-hmm. because I don't have to remember a bunch of shit that I used to have to remember. And that's right? rough. Yeah. Because, like, you've done this to this person, you said that to that person, and you promised this person over there and I gotta hide from him because I know he wants his money and whatever. Yeah. I gotta do a bunch of stuff. And then like today, you know, I go through my day and I don't gotta remember eight thousand lies. 
I don't have to feel bad about the things I've done today. I don't have to feel, you know, I don't really have to chase anything. As long as I'm okay, I'm used to the next best thing. If I do a good thing, yeah, then that's good. And the bad thing, you know, I go through at night and I deal with them and I go, <laughs> okay, well, maybe I'll try to do better tomorrow. Right. When yeah. I'm not kind to people and I'm not um, as patient as I want to be, I try to do better next time. And I apologize for the stuff that I've done. And that's really important. Uh, I will. All right. We're back um, after our little break. Uh, I'm sure that was registered <laughs> when, it, when it happened because I didn't hit pause. Um, but we were just talking about um, meds. We were talking about psych meds. And you were saying you're not that bothered by not being on your psych meds. Yeah, no. I mean, I felt like definitely in early recovery, like they were, I needed them yeah. to balance myself out. But I really feel like that's just because I put so many chemicals in my body for so long. I was entirely imbalanced, you yeah. know, and I feel like um, in today's society, everything, there's a pill for everything. There is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a commercial for a pill for thyroid eye bulging. Yeah. Which I did I seen that too. She's just got like yeah. glasses. She takes off yeah, the glass. The... Yeah. It's glasses. Who glasses. knew that was a thing? Right. Yeah. And now there's a pill for there's it. There's a pill for it. Yeah. And apparently... It works. I, I don't, yeah, I, don't know. I know. There's pill, and they give like yeah, your if your dogs have anxiety, <laughs> give your dog Xanax anymore. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've I've met some very anxious dogs, so I, that could use a chill pill. But right, I get it. And like, here's the thing: like, early recovery is full of getting your brain back in yeah. order. Because I didn't realize how crazy a person I was. And I was out of my fucking mind, mm -hmm. you know, but like your brain needs to come back and settle. Right. And it needs to get, cause you're not thinking properly. You know, I was 150 pounds and I thought I was great. Right. And I was living on the streets and yeah. I was not bathing and doing all sorts of weird stuff in West Baltimore where I'm not from. Right. I'm not even from that area, but I'm fucking just acting crazy out there. But in my mind, I was fine. Yeah. And now I can look at it and like, what the fuck was yeah. wrong with me? Like <laughs> yeah. something is seriously wrong with me. So, and I tried, um, what did, what did they give me? Wellbutrin. Yeah. And they gave me Wellbutrin as a mood stabilizer because they figured I had some depression issues. I, I went off them and I didn't, I didn't notice a difference when I was on it. Right. I didn't notice the difference when, when I wasn't. Yeah, because I feel like yeah. everybody goes through, I mean, it's called emotions yeah. and moods. Life is um, a little depressing. Right, <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is, is I don't think there's, you necessarily need to take a pill. I feel like um, therapy, I, therapy is good for you. Talking to, just talking to somebody is yeah. good for you. Um, and I feel like a lot of depression is, you know, like when you're in addiction or, or you know, just, just coming into recovery, I feel a lot of the depression is like the time you've wasted, the money you've wasted, the the just 
just like you said, you know what I mean? You are not eating right, not not taking care of yourself, not bathing, you know what I mean? Of course a person who doesn't shower for 10, 14 days straight yeah. is going to feel depressed because well, nobody likes stinky people, well, yeah. <laughs> you I know? Mean, here's the thing. I didn't think I stink. Right. But apparently I did. Right. Yeah. Apparently I did. Yep. I remember I was thinking back, and I don't even know what brought it up, but I was thinking back and me and my friend, we were like, you know, and we were just like drug friends, yeah. you know. Um, I know those friends. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, acquaintances. And uh, we were in a trap. We were in a trap house, like mm-hmm. literally no running water, no heat. It was the middle of winter. Yeah. We hadn't showered for like 10 days or something like that. We stank and we were walking down the street and these people were like, like, and they were like, you know, two, three feet away from us. And they're like, oh my God, they fucking stink. And like, it just, it brought me back. And like today, I don't go more than two days without taking a shower. You know what I mean? Um, and that's just merely because I'm, I'm busy all the time is when I go two days, you know, usually it's an everyday kind of thing, but you know, yeah, I just, um, I don't know, like, I, I take pride in myself doing that, and, like, not only that, when you're working, oh, you need that shower at the end of the day to loosen up those muscles, and... Also, whatever you get on at work, you get... Yeah, whatever, whatever. yeah. You work, you work at Dunkin', so I'm sure yeah. there's... Swirls, and, yeah, espresso, milk, coffee, yeah everything espresso yeah <laughs> See, yep. you don't know how many times a day my hands because this isn't the first time i've worked at duncan plus you know i go camping and stuff like mm-hmm. that so fire and stuff i can literally though, right? yeah, yeah 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 i can literally pour hot coffee that was just brewed on my hand and it doesn't burn my hand mm-hmm. you know what i mean anybody else will get a third degree burn and have blisters not me. I've literally, I've literally have boiled water on a stove. Cause like when I was in the halfway house, they took our coffee pot away. And so I figured out a way to make coffee anyway. It's like camp style almost. You take a strainer and oh, a I'm well aware of how and, to make yeah, yeah, you pour it over it. Yeah. yeah, you pour the water over it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I literally have pulled boiling water off of the stove, was pouring it into a pitcher to pour it over mm-hmm. and has dumped it on my hand and hasn't burned my hand you know what i mean and that's just crazy to me but you know the thing of it it's just i i also think of it as, as i have thick skin mm-hmm. you know what i mean like I, my body has been through a lot i put myself through a lot of yeah. stuff um and it just i felt like it was, that was like a good analogy almost too because you know i have i've been through like i said i've been through um every kind of abuse there is you know there's mental emotional physical sexual you know i've experienced it you know what i mean and so just like i've been burned before you know um and the fact that it doesn't show up that's like i felt like that was a really good analogy because like nobody knew that i left and i'm i'm walking around and i'm at work and i'm like smile on my face all the time you know i feel like customer service is very important when you're working with people you would think yeah yeah it's not very prominent in today's society but i think so yeah you know and um i i'm walking around here and nobody knows 
that I'm living out of trash bags and, you know, like, because uh, I don't let it show, you know, and that's that thick skin. That's that. It is, know. but it is important that you do share it with people. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard. It's really hard sometimes. But, like, when I know things will things will get better mm-hmm. then I'm not so I'm not so bad about it like you said like depression I think there are people with severe emotional disturbances right. who do need meds right but not everybody's that person no and you have to know that for yourself mm-hmm. but I know that when things are going to shit you know cuz things go to shit sometimes mm-hmm. um that I can deal with that and then I can make a plan and try to figure it out. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. And see, that's the thing is I've been going through this whole thing um, and I haven't been taking meds to deal with it. And I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm not entirely, but I'm fine. You know what I mean? Like I'm not uber depressed or anything. I actually feel like a sense of, like I have like a sense of freedom, a sense of, you know, um, accomplishment because I've been wanting to get out of there for a while now, Yeah, you know, and then I finally just took that step and did it. And, uh, you know, it's, um, now I don't have to call to ask to go to a meeting. I don't have to call to ask to come here straight from work. You know what I mean? Um, I don't have to say, you know, like I, I, there's so many things that I can do now. Like, um, I got invited last minute to go to this fundraising event tomorrow mm-hmm. night. And, awesome. uh, yeah, it's like four to eight, you know, it's like a spaghetti dinner and there's going to be a speaker there. Is that the one Chris B speaking at? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And I'm, I'm excited. I got asked to go to it like yesterday. And now I'm, I mean, even though I've got some things going on, I'm making plans around going to that fundraiser and if i was at the house yet i wouldn't be allowed to you know what i mean it would have had to i would have had to get approval from my counselor and this and that and you know and then they like there was this big thing like i i had to argue with my house manager last Sunday because I worked and then I was coming here. So I was literally going to be gone from the house all day. And I wanted to just do my work wash. I wanted and, and, and do my actual laundry because my laundry day was Mondays. Well, she was giving me shit and discrediting my job because I just started my job. Mm-hmm. But she, So she's like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You just started your job. Regardless, when I started my job, I'm going to be gone all day. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't have to argue with somebody to be able to wash my clothes now. You know, like, fuck, I, I could just take it right to the laundromat and do it if I want to, you know? It's just it's little things like that I appreciate. You know, communal living and being in facilities is very difficult. Right. And it's very difficult to live with people. Yeah. It's very difficult to deal with eight, diff, eight billion different personalities. Yeah. It's difficult to deal with people being in charge or mm-hmm. semi-in-charge. And when you get out of it, there is a, a feeling of just relief. That you didn't got to deal with all that. And I know, like, each step along the way, you know, like, okay, because I tell people, people, like, I'd be, I'd be at, 
they start and they were like, um, oh, I'd rather be in jail. No, the fuck you wouldn't. Dang. No, the fuck you wouldn't. Because if you don't like the way people talk to you here, you definitely don't like the way people talk right. to you in jail. And they're going to throw you in a hole here. No. You know, and they're not going to hit you over the head and say you, you tried to do something to them. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, then you move on and then rehab and people are like, oh, I, I should have just stayed in jail. No, you shouldn't. No. Because you're in rehab. You're One, you're working on yourself. And two, yep. the food is much better. Right. Even though, yeah. you know, I still got to go to bed at like 10 o'clock like an Amish mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. The food is much better. There's still much more freedom. And then you keep stepping up. But at some point, you need to step forward. Right. You need to progress. Yeah. And like, I know somebody, I know a guy who just got out of uh, the halfway house after like eight months. And like, his thing was like, he was saving up money. But like, me personally, I'm chafing at those rules. Right. Like, it, yeah. it just, it just, I am an independent person. Yeah. Not that I shouldn't help be with others, but right. I like, I'd like to be able to do my own thing. Yeah. And it's hard when somebody's telling you, like, I got this dude in my face at 7 o'clock in the fucking morning. Yeah. Like, listen, the the one guy, you know, as a matter of fact, I named it Recovery Hope Shot because he used to tell us about the Hope Shot at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning. But sometimes you are way too chipper for me. Mm. And I'm not a morning person. Nope. And as much as I like you, you're a bit too much for me. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're yelling on the intercom at 8 o'clock in the morning, da-da-da-da-da. I'm just like, oh, you got to be shitting me. Mm-hmm. And at some point, it's time for me to move on, mm-hmm. and that's okay because as long as I take care of what I need to take care of, everything will be fine. And I know a lot of people go, "Oh well, you didn't finish that program, you didn't do this," and that's not not every program is made for everybody. And like you said, everybody recovers at a different rate and yep. does different things. I was there two months. I didn't come out and start getting hot. I didn't go, like, I'm never, like I said, I didn't go back over there for a year. Not because I couldn't go. One, I'm never in Harrisburg. Like, I work in Mechanicsburg. I live in Lemoyne. There is really no reason, and my daughter lives in Hershey. So there's no reason for me to be in Harrisburg, really. Right. What am I doing there? Yeah. So, like, I don't know anybody in Harrisburg, because, like, this is not where I'm from. Right. So, what am I doing there, other than no good? Like, Really, what else would I be doing? Right. So, like, there are things that I do and there are places that I go. And it's not that I can't go to Harrisburg. I'm much better at going to Harrisburg now. But it's not like I can't. But why am I there? Right. Why, would, why, would I, why would I be in that area? Why would I be, not that all Harrisburg is bad, but you understand what I'm saying. Why would I, mm-hmm. I don't drive, so I would be walking across the bridge. And you know, as soon as you cross that bridge, it is nothing but people doing whatever they do. Mm-hmm. Like, you get across that bridge, the courthouse is right there. And then there are a bunch of people just doing, like, I, I was over there the other day, and it was like 6 o'clock in the evening, and I was by the um, train station, and they got that, that area that's closed off for, like, bus, and it was like they're having a freaking party. It was like 30 people in, like, the little bus station, like, mm. music playing. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Why are you so excited to be at the bus station? Right. But I'm sure there were some supplements being taken there and yep. I'm sure there was some drinks being taken care and those are places that I don't want to be. No. Nope. Not that I have not not that I have to avoid it. I just don't want to be there. I, I've lived that lifestyle. I don't want to be anywhere near it. It's just not for me. And I know that a lot of people when you when you don't 
when you don't do what they prescribe for you, they want to automatically poo-poo it and like, you're going to fail. And that's not the case. Yep, no. Sometimes that's just not for you and you need to go do something else. Everybody is a little bit different. And my recovery doesn't look like your recovery. Yeah. And my recovery doesn't look like his recovery. And whether or not it works out is up to me and what I do. You know, like today um, you were saying that she didn't feel great. Well, a lot of times when I didn't feel great, my medicine helped me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But you ain't going to look for that medicine. Mm-hmm. You said you you take a cough drop, drink some coffee. Mm-hmm. Not coffee, you drink some tea. Drink now tea. you're drinking a freaking... Energy drink. I only I only have this because I had to open it because I did I did I took some uh some like Dayquil earlier. Yeah. I had to. Um, it had the acetaminophen in it for the headache and the sinuses and everything. And uh, for the fact that I'm volunteering here tonight yeah. and I'm gonna be here while they're decorating. And, yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I wasn't coming here today, I probably wouldn't have taken that. You know, but um. Sometimes you just got to do what you have to do to get through it. But, yeah, yeah, I, I would have been fine with just a cup of tea with a cough drop in it if yeah, it was any other really day. you really enjoy that yeah. cup of tea and cough yeah. drop. Yeah, and that's the thing is tea tea helps me with so many different things. Like I like um, herbal tea, and I drink um, my favorite tea is Bigelow Earl Grey really? tea. That is my favorite tea. I do not like Earl um, Grey tea. I love it. Um, and people how, do. I how I started it. drinking it, it was um, I. I was like really obsessed with Queen when I was younger. The the, the band. The band. Okay. Yep. yep. And Freddie Mercury, the lead singer, mm-hmm. that was his favorite tea. It was big oh, little British, Earl yeah. Grey tea. So um, that's how I started drinking it, and it 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 kind of became like a sense of home to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because no matter where I went. I always had a pack of that tea. And so before I take the tea bag out and I put the tea bag in the cup and I literally, I inhale the scent of the packet and it's relaxing to me. Oh, yeah. it takes you to a place. It takes me somewhere. Yeah. That's and it awesome. just, yeah. And, and it's just like, like, um, cause I've been, you know, dealing with some stuff and I'm like, kind of, I have like a little bit of anxiety Yeah. and, um, you know, I'm not really worried about getting my medication. Maybe my inhalers that would, that would be probably nice. Inhalers are good. Inhalers are good. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So you don't um, have an asthma attack? But if not, I like with the anxiety thing, I just went and got myself a little bit of lavender. You yeah, know? that's what you said. Yeah, yep. And I put it behind my behind my ears here, put it on my temples and put it here. You know, and that helps. That helps a lot, you know. Um Well, there are a lot of different that's another thing that um recovery offers is that you learn different coping skills mm-hmm. and you learn different things. And aromatherapy is one of them. Aromatherapy is meditation. Um mm-hmm. like you know, I know Will Smith said it. He said, uh, it's funny how the smell of a grill can spark up nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And it's true because different smells take you different places. Yep. And you can smell something. And it can just be wafting by you. And you go, oh. And then all of a sudden your mind just starts triggering. And yep. neurons start firing. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. And um, you uh, end up someplace there you didn't know that you were going to go. Right. And like... It's nice that you know that you can find a bit of serenity because you look for serenity, right? Yeah. 
a bit of saran meat and some earl grey mm-hmm. now me i think earl grey tastes awful but mm-hmm. i don't have that same experience right you know i i do not like it and i'm not i'd like honestly i'd like the smell of the pack the empty packet mm-hmm. more than the tea anymore because i switched to like it's called um lemon lemon lift or lemon lilt or something like yeah that. it's also a big little brand yeah but it's a lemon tea so i'm more you're very very specific about brands of tea yeah yeah because i just don't think like if i'm gonna drink tea it's gonna be good i used to pay good money for my drugs yes you know what i mean i yeah. used to go looking for the specific kind you know so uh like even when i smoked weed i wanted the good weed. I didn't want dirt weed. I wanted oh, good weed. You're different so from I'm... me there. <laughs> you're so if I'm gonna, there. if I'm gonna, you know, like spoil myself anymore, it's gonna be with just certain things. But now, most mostly other things, it's literally it's my tea and my coffee that I'm very specific with, you know. But anything else, I don't generic all the way. Listen, I'm I'm very particular about a lot of things. Yeah. And I don't, like, if I, it's like um, somebody at work wanted to order Chinese the other day. And I was like, how's the Chinese food? Like, I'm from New York City. Right. Right? So I'm very specific about Chinese. And if Chinese is bad, it makes me upset. Mm-hmm. So trying to walk up here makes really good Chinese. So, but, like, he was like, oh, it's fine. Here's the thing. Fine for you. Maybe mm-hmm. very bad to me. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not ordering Chinese. I, I, I know where I eat my Chinese from. Yep. And I'm very specific about a lot of things. And I, I it's, again, it's not a judgment on anybody. And sometimes I know that I have very strong opinions about things. I will not volunteer them usually. Because <laughs> people, people are like, oh, what do you think? And I'm like, usually sometimes like, I like to keep my opinions to myself uh-huh. because... I know it can come off like mm-hmm. I had a conversation about um, what was I, um, my sponsor and his wife, we were talking about um, pizza. I was doing my four step on Monday and we were talking about pizza. Mm. And he ordered a cheese pizza. Apparently it was just for me. And he ordered them a chicken bacon ranch pizza. Now, I didn't tell you to order a whole cheese pizza. And she was, and she was like, "Well, why would you eat a plain ass pizza?" And I was like, "Listen, if you get cheese sauce and bread right, then everything else, any other pizza you make is good. But if you can't get the basic pizza right, then all the rest of your pizza is just garbage. Right? You're just putting stuff on top of a garbage pizza. Mm-hmm. And for me, a lot of things I like pared down. I want to see what you can if you can do the basics. Yeah, it's like it, it's just like this program. If you can do the basics." All the extra stuff comes easy. Mm-hmm. But if you can't get the basics down, then everything else is built on a house of sand. Yeah. So See, I like cheese pizza. I, That's why I love cheese pizza. There's nothing wrong with cheese no, pizza. And if your no. pizza is good, yeah. a good slice of cheese pizza will be fine. Right. Everything else you're putting on top just hampers your flavor of right. the cheese pizza. Yeah. But it's like um, vanilla ice cream. Yeah. If you can get your vanilla right, all your other ice cream will be good. Yeah. But if your vanilla is garbage... Yeah, that's your ice cream is garbage. Yep. Like, um, you ever go to Cold Stone? No. Okay. Well, Cold Stone yeah. puts a bunch of stuff in your ice cream. Yeah. But I believe that they put a bunch of stuff in your ice cream because their basic ice cream tastes like crap. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it's like Fuddruckers. They put a bunch of stuff on your burger to hide the fact 
that their burger's garbage. <laughs> That's how I feel. That's how I feel. You can put 8 million things on this to hide the fact that well, we're giving you a garbage burger. Absolutely right, because people, they put money into their attire, right? Yeah. But I feel like nice clothes, nice shoes, nice cars, nice bank accounts does not equal nice people. Well, I think a lot of times we um, use our outside to mm-hmm. hide the fact that we're not feeling good inside. Mm-hmm. Like, I like to be dressed nice. I think I'm dressed okay right. today. Yeah. But, like, it's not important for me to be wearing super designer stuff. Mm-mm. I have more important things to yep. deal with. And I feel good about myself, so I'm not really that worried about what other people think. Nope. I was never right. a big car guy anyway. No. Like I was, I was, you know. I, a car is a car. Yeah. As long as it gets you from point A to point that B. That was always my thing. I never really understood wanting a fancy car or all that. Like, it's not important. Don't understand me. the shoes thing either. I'm, I'm not, not a big shoe guy either. I just. I, I feel like I got some shoes for free here. They're mm-hmm. nice. They're comfortable. You know what I mean? They're They're good. I, went, I, went, I got these for like twenty five dollars. Yeah, yep. Down I, at the outlets, there, yeah. You know, and yeah. That was it. Yep. You know? These 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 boots, they were like forty, but they're you know they're like military. But uh, I mean, we just just get back to it. I feel like it doesn't really matter. Like if you just keep putting, like you said, it, you got to keep it to the basics. Like if you can't just you know be comfortable in a in you know a pair, it, it, I feel like people try to overdo themselves too much and I, I don't really care what you look like on, on the outside. You could be gorgeous on the outside. Mm-hmm. But most people who are gorgeous on the outside are ugly on the inside. And that's not um I'm not saying that people If you spend a lot of time trying to fix yourself yeah. up and doing this, it's because you don't feel good inside. Yep. And see that's the thing. That that's where I was for a while. I was doing my makeup and, and, and making sure I was dressing nice and, and doing my hair and, 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 and I felt like I had to being surrounded in that environment with a bunch of girls who do the same. And then I feel like I'm gonna, I'm, 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 I'm not gonna be like a Ohio in comparison, you know? Mm-hmm. And I like, if I didn't do it and she does it and she's prettier than me and blah, 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 then but I don't need to put all that shit on. Mm-hmm. I don't need to put makeup and, and and dress real much. Like I like you know, it's a celebration tonight, and this is what I'm wearing, and this is what I'm comfortable. You got with. your pink t-shirt, yeah, my pink, pink Floyd t-shirt, t-shirt which was yep, and this was a present from somebody when I um when I completed rehab. That's awesome. You know, yeah, yep. And then and you got your black jeans my, on black and your shit kicker and boots. You got my military boots that actually have like a little hidden pocket. Did they have it? Yeah, they've got a hidden pocket. It's called a wallet pocket and they, it's got it on both. And hidden this, pockets are dangerous for people like us, but okay. Yeah, well, I said if I had these when I was using drugs, it would be amazing. Yeah. But I mean, now, you know, if I want to leave my purse upstairs and just grab my money and my card, I can pop it right in there and I can leave my purse lay anywhere and not have to worry about, you know, somebody taking my money, you know, and even not that I really have to worry about that being in this lifestyle, but not, not, but, but that's the thing is, is not everybody when they get clean, people still have dope fiend qualities. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and, and just because you stop using drugs doesn't mean your mindset 
is in recovery as well. You know what I mean? There's plenty of people who literally just put down the drugs and think that they're living the life. And that has, that's not what it is. You actually have to change. The only thing you have to change is everything. That's it. That's it. (laughs) I like it. That's how we're going to end this. We're going to end this. That is a great point. All right. Um, do you want to say anything else to the people out there? Jackie? Um, I just want to say that it doesn't matter if you can string one day together, 29, uh, 10 years, one year, any, any bit of recovery is a miracle. Um, you know, and if you're listening to this, I love you. Um, and I'll keep telling you, I love you until you can love yourself. Um, it get it, it gets better. It gets worse. There's that. There's days that'll be great, and there's days that are gonna suck. But at the end of the day, um, nothing is worth using over. Uh, it, it. This is a beautiful way of life, and if I can get clean, anybody can. Um, so well said. It was very nice to be here today. Thank you for this opportunity, and uh, I love everybody who listens to this. Uh, everybody, anybody who can string together a little bit of time clean is uh you know worth a little bit of love awesome yeah give it up all right that was recovery hope shot um with akeem and jackie d um if you like what you hear please um listen share and subscribe like it um we're on Castbox. we're on spotify we're on any google podcasts anywhere you um want to listen we're on acast we're on anchor um Please tell your friends, and if you want to be on, you can send me an email. You have any topics you want to talk about, you can send me an email at myrecoverypod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and you have a great day, and please be kind to yourself and others. Happy New Year, everybody. Oh, that's right. It is New Year's Happy Night. New Happy Year. New Year. <laughs>